0: Welcome everyone to Nuck If You Buck, the Milwaukee Bucks podcast that explains how your local team stacks up against the rest of the NBA. Hey Hoopheads, once you finish listening to this episode, be sure to check out the rest of the Hoopheads Podcast Network for even more great basketball content. hi there, ho there, and welcome to knuck if you buck the milwaukee buck show hosted by me devin zanskis and brought to you by hoop heads as always today i'm coming at you solo but we have the ring ceremony and regular season basketball to cover that's right uh as of recording today on october 24th uh last sunday the 19th uh The Milwaukee Bucks held their ring ceremony at Fiserv Forum uh, right before taking down the widely considered title favorites in the Brooklyn Nets by 23. Uh, I unfortunately had uh, quite a busy day with my day job, so personally I had to miss the ring ceremony. I saw, uh, you know, the normal clips that I'm guessing most of you listeners saw yourself if you were concerned Uh, Luckily, I was able to see all the basketball, and the game itself was uh, a sight to behold. But, of course, ring ceremonies only come uh, maybe once every 50 years or so. So uh, we're not just totally going to bury this here. Uh, The event was emceed by Jim Paschke. Uh, Of course, he is now retired, and his replacement, Lisa Byington, is... uh, filling in his role quite nicely. But uh, the highlight of the ceremony, perhaps, was uh, patchkey showing off his I Heart Giannis shirt. Uh, many will remember that Giannis bestowed an I Heart patchkey shirt uh, during his championship celebration. And the two, of course, uh, had a warm embrace between the two of them, as well as, uh, as a... Uh, big, bright Giannis smile uh, to bring a smile to our own uh, uh I'll be honest, I did not realize that Patchkey and Giannis had such a close connection uh, if you'll enjoy my fantasy football update there. Shout out Jamar Chase off topic, but Jamar Chase of the Cincinnati Bengals just got me 34 points. Anyhow, back on topic, I did not realize Patchkey and Giannis had Uh, quite close relationship until of course this past year when Patchkey announced his retirement and uh, Patchkey and Giannis had their uh, famous interview if I do say so myself uh, where Patchkey revealed why he had retired and it was due to um, Patchkey's uh, son thinking that it might be time for Patchkey to uh, call it a quit and spend some time with his family. Uh, totally understandable, even with having a dream job like Patchkey. And Giannis had kind of a an eye-popping remark himself saying that in the future, if, say, Liam or his other son rumored to be named Maverick, I don't know if anyone has revealed that besides Jason Kidd, so take that with a grain of salt. Um, Giannis had said that if his family thought uh, he ought to do the same and retire uh, tomorrow. Even that he would, that he would uh, perhaps do so, or at least uh, heavily consider it. Um, the other big news of at least the ring ceremony was just how insane uh, the Bucks rings looked. Uh, I don't know how out of the ordinary it is for normal championship rings. Uh, course they ought to be uh big boisterous flamboyant what have you um to celebrate such an accomplishment and um yeah of course these are world famous uh extremely wealthy athletes so it has to also be out of out of the ordinary to the players uh as opposed to just us common folk um But yeah, I would say that perhaps the most groundbreaking part of this perhaps was how um, the buck's uh, rings can be turned into a pendant, um, which is nice, I suppose. I know uh, the No Dunks crew was discussing these rings in detail and they seem to think that perhaps uh, in this day and age it might be more conducive uh, for these latest champions to actually uh, wear their rings out in public if they can wear it as a necklace and I'd have to agree. I have been uh, heavily considered getting a gold chain myself um, but heck if I had a championship ring I'd certainly turn it into a pendant however going back to the No Dunks crew they also uh, Taco Trey Kirby uh, suggested that um, really any ring can be turned into a pendant. Uh, obviously you just have to put the uh, put the string through the hole and it's a necklace itself, but I don't know. It's a fancy touch nonetheless. I'm not gonna try to be an expert myself. Uh, apparently also uh, on the inside of the ring, um I noticed that uh, one of the broadcasters for this game was wearing the ring herself and it looked like uh, part of it fell apart uh, right on the right on the uh, broadcast but she played it off pretty smoothly anyhow the inside of the ring uh supposedly has a QR code I don't really know what the purpose of said, said QR code is besides just um, adding another layer of of flash or, Originality, rather, but that's cool, I suppose. Otherwise, a couple other stati- statistics on uh, these rings uh, are the sixteen shape, uh, sixteen emerald-shaped diamonds on uh, the left and the right side uh, for both. Uh, 16 playoff wins this past year, and 16 division titles in franchise history. Uh, The total amount um, of Emerald Diamonds equates to 4.14 carats, uh, obviously representing the 414, and in total there are also uh, 50 round uh, stones for the 50 years uh, that have passed since the 1971 uh, Bucks NBA championship. Uh, so it was nice to see our guys being taken care of and being represented for their huge accomplishment. Perhaps part of my small market syndrome had me worrying that that perhaps it wouldn't be the rings wouldn't be up to our guys' uh, standards there, but hard to go wrong with it. I also tend to think. I know the the championship shirts. A uh, couple of couple friends uh, of mine and I have discussed um, if we think that the the championship gear was uh, up to par for what we expected. I think the design itself uh, on the championship shirt that I have is totally fine. I just um, I didn't know how to feel about the the white shirt for the championship gear, but. We're really uh, we're really nitpicking here, and really, if you want to get bent out of shape on about the championship shirts, uh, people were really also applauding the championship uh, uh, jackets that the team was wearing for the ring ceremony—the all white with the with the bright gold writing on it—very fitting for the for the occasion and I heard that those may have also already sold out um I don't know if I'd quite be able to pull off such a jacket but I'm sure many of you listeners uh could if you so choose to anyhow uh, I believe that's enough of me trying to analyze uh, whether or not a championship ring or uh Championship gear memorabilia is sufficient. Uh, so I'm going to get uh, right into the regular season basketball action. Um, of course, our first regular season game, the Bucks uh, 23 balled the Nets after their ring ceremony, 127 uh, to 104. It was it was really a Milwaukee Bucks fans' dream. Um, I know many thought that thought that a game after the ring ceremony could go in many ways. maybe the ring ceremony uh, could have been a distraction and 20, 23 point uh, disparity could have gone the other way but um, luckily it worked out and it actually added let us spark under our guys there of course we had 20 points off the bench uh, from Pat Connan. see he had uh, he shot four or three. Uh, from three Uh, and he's not necessarily someone we would typically rely on for scoring even off the bench so really uh, anything we can get get from Pat in terms of scoring uh, can be considered found money Uh, Giannis of course wasn't a slouch himself either he is really Making his presence known uh, as the biggest guy on the floor, that night he finished with uh, 32, 14, and 7 with two blocks, 12 of 25 from the field, so slightly beneath his standard uh, of at least uh, 50% from the field. He made one out of one out of his four attempts from the three-point line, but he did sink seven of his nine free throw attempts. He had a pretty similar stat line to Kevin Durant, too, who ended with 32, 11, and 4, also two blocks. Uh, Durant made one more shot than Giannis in the same amount of attempts, shot three at seven from beyond the arc, but only made three of his six uh, free throw attempts, which, questioning my notes there, but I think I do remember uh, vividly seeing that now and thinking it was... uh, not up to par for Durant but we'll certainly take it uh but that wouldn't have quite been the difference maker in this game either is not not just not just Pat not just Giannis but everybody on the Bucks uh seem to yeah be really on that night and uh probably in no small part due to the uh Momentum that they carried from the ring ceremony and having all the confidence in in the world against a team that that uh, last time they played them they beat them of course, in overtime in that game seven where uh, where uh, he who shall not be named uh, stepped on the line with his shoe size a uh, with his shoe a size too large. Otherwise, uh, Kevin Durant's counterpart in James Harden, I thought, uh, did not quite look to be in in game shape. Uh, He, even in black, his uniform did not uh, quite uh, look too flattering, but I don't think Harden uh, in particular had a bad game. I don't have his stats right in front of me, but uh, he had a string in the second quarter where he hit two threes in a row over uh, Sandro mamou which is not quite a surprise because Mamou certainly has uh, question marks in front of him on the defensive end, but shortly after Harden did hit a three over Giannis as well. Uh, a couple plays will certainly uh, stick in mind. For Bucks fans, uh, one of which being one of Chris's Roger uh, bullet passes uh, to Giannis, uh, in which he dunked it, and then uh, also got an opportunity at the free throw line after Harden uh, grabbed onto his arm, and he kind of hung hung onto the rim for quite a while uh, for Flair. Uh, honestly, kind of remind me of the uh, Valley Oop, where he also. Uh, got uh, almost more dangerously fouled by Chris Paul as opposed to this hard and foul um, hanging onto the rim, not only for safety, uh, but for flair. Um, perhaps a mean mug thrown in there. Giannis did shortly after. Uh, that Rodgers assist from Chris and the slam swatted uh, Nick Claxton at the rim. Um, and of note as well was uh, of course we had Pat as our biggest contributor off the bench but the Nets is Pat uh, Patty Mills had 20 points himself off the bench uh, making all of his 7 attempts from beyond uh, the 3 from yeah excuse me Patty Mills made all 7 of his 3 point attempts uh and yeah, but after the first quarter, the Bucks held on to a 12 point lead, 37 to 25. Giannis with 13 points, eight rebounds to Patty Mills, uh, uh, three threes in the first quarter for nine points. Early in the second, Patty would hit another one of his threes, and then we'd get that uh, three three barrage from James Harden, uh, and to close the half to. There's another memorable play, probably one of the few uh, on the Nets' end, was was uh, Harden throwing a cross-court bounce pass to Kevin Durant, who immediately tossed it up to uh, Griffin for the lob to close the half. The Bucks led at halftime, sixty-six to fifty-nine. Giannis with eighteen points, nine rebounds, three assists. To Harden's fifteen points, four rebounds, and three assists. Uh, Giannis uh, finished a drive past Kevin Durant with a euro step and some English uh, right before Giannis also knocked down uh, an elbow jumper. Giannis showed showed this not only in the Nets game but also uh, showed off his his new smooth jumper against the the Spurs, somewhat of a similar opponent, not nearly comparable in talent level, but I would just. Uh, the Spurs in particular uh, didn't don't have uh, the same size to match up against Giannis, and he showed that with dunking all over Jakob Purtle. but we'll get into that later. The Nets would uh, go on another three-point shooting spree to keep it in shouting distance in the third quarter with Kevin Durant seeking a three over Giannis, Patty Mill hitting one of his seven, uh, over George Hill and then Harden uh, hitting a step back three over Jordan Nawara. Heading into the fourth, the Bucks, uh actually still held on to, well, ra- rather, uh, yeah, they brought their lead back up to uh, 12 like they had had it uh, after the first quarter 97 to 85. Giannis with 25 points, 12 rebounds, 5 assists, to Kevin Durant's 24 points, 8 rebounds, and 4 assists. Uh, Giannis would have another one of his patented Euro steps uh, uh, around Nicholas Claxton. Uh, faked him out of his shorts there. Uh, but Patty Mills, uh, again, showing up here in the in the game notes, splashing a 3 over Grayson Allen. At about... Uh, uh, eight minutes left in the fourth quarter. The Nets brought it to within within uh, eight, so they definitely had a chance to come back if all things went right for them. But uh, Pat Conradin would uh, convert on a crazy drive and finish over James Johnson, uh, again highlighting his stellar performance off the bench. And then Giannis would get an offensive rebound, uh, reaching right over Nicholas Claxton and then jamming it on his head. And perhaps the point of no return was when none other than Jordan Wara stuffed Kevin Durant at the rim, and then he led the break in transition before finding Giannis uh, deep in the paint, who then looked up and saw Grayson Allen wide open for, for a three, which he was able to drain. Kevin Durant would hit a three over George Hill, but uh, Giannis would uh, feed a cutting pat for another dunk. Um, and uh, there would be more, more two-way action with uh, still missing a lot of our depth pieces in this one, even though we had all of our starters for this game, uh, excluding Dante, as opposed to our game against the Heat, which uh, I'm not in particular uh, looking forward to covering but uh Robinson Justin Robinson that is would hit a three over James Johnson and the bucks cap it off 127 to 104 and the biggest stat that jumped out to me was uh, the disparity in bench points the uh, Bucks bench outscored Brooklyn's uh, by twenty forty-five to twenty-five. Uh, you may be inclined to chalk that right up to Pat Connaughton, but as a reminder, Patty Patty Mills did outscore Pat by a point off the bench there, so it wasn't uh, just Pat Connaughton who made the difference. So yeah, I suppose an all-around effort from the Milwaukee Bucks. That I can't think of anybody else who really. Uh, stuck out to me besides the starters and Pat Connaughton. I'm certainly impressed with with Jordan Wara and got some good minutes from George Hill. We'll get into this a little more with some of the games to come, but I still have questions uh, regarding Sandro Memokelejvili. He seems a little smaller on the court than I maybe imagined. Um, Given that he was advertised as a guy who's uh 6'10 uh perhaps up to 230 um i might not be entirely accurate on there um especially with uh how much weight uh he was reported to have but fairly confident he was listed at 6'10 and i'm not sure if i believe that at this point cuz he really does not seem to have the size to hold up uh against centers uh even against some of these smaller teams uh he's uh still vulnerable against guys like blake and aldridge who aren't the biggest guys in the league but um, but yeah sandro sandro can really look like barbecue chicken down there if uh, he's defending deep in the post So without further ado, I might as well uh, rip off the Band-Aid here and get to <laughs> the polar opposite of that Nets game, and that was the Bucks getting 42 balled. That's right, we lost by 42 against the Miami Heat. Granted, we were without uh, Drew, uh, Brooke, Bobby, and naturally Dante, uh, along with some other deep reserves that I won't that i won't necessarily add to our excuse uh, as the heat end up getting revenge on the bucks uh there was a there is uh some comments from pj tucker about uh really waking up for this game and wanting to do his best to get back at the milwaukee bucks i know friends of mine maybe took exception of to that or questioned uh why why the hate from uh pj tucker but i get the sense that pj's frustration is uh it's merely directed at our ownership and not uh any of his former teammates at all uh he's a veteran so he understands that it's a business but um given what the bucks were able to accomplish last year in the in the finals taking home the championship and Really, P.J. being a starter for the last three series, uh, I definitely expected him to come back regardless, so it makes sense that P.J. would be surprised himself. Nevertheless, he got uh, the last laugh here, but we will definitely have more competitions against the Heat and uh, more important ones at that I'd put my money on. Uh, the starters for this game were George Hill, Grayson Allen, Pat Connaughton. Uh, Chris Middleton and Giannis uh facing off against uh, the Heat's uh, regular starting lineup of Lowry, Robinson, Butler, PJ, and Bam. Uh, of course, we're missing the names that I mentioned earlier, but uh, just a glance at that lineup, I do tend to like that, that lineup, and I know a lot of a lot of uh, Bucks fans were salivating at the thought of Giannis getting more minutes uh, at the five. Uh, you know, with with losing out on P.J. Tucker and, of course, uh, the injuries to our front court to date. Um, so, yeah, just a quick thought there that, that comparing those two lineups, uh, despite the fact that the Heat are at full strength there, I um you know it's it's worth being being a little disappointed about a 42 point loss while having uh Giannis and Chris there but second game of the season and uh coming off of a championship I have to admit it'll be uh you know it might be a little a little more difficult for me to be uh uh as disappointed as maybe I should be at times with this bucks team. Perhaps it's okay to give our guys the benefit of the doubt for once uh, after we said we uh, could never trust the bucks for the past decade. Um, however, I noticed that there were a lot of uh, bucks turnovers early and of course we started well we started 0-3 from 3, but that would uh, continue on all throughout uh, the first quarter as our only uh, field goal made through the first like nine minutes was was a tough uh pat finish uh, in transition while being contested. Grayson and Amamu would get to the line and sink uh they'd each sink their two free throw attempts, but um yeah, it was pretty ugly early as the heat got off to a 22 to 3 lead in the first quarter and really never looked back. The Bucks never had, had a lead in this game. Chris, though, would show another Rodgers throw, which I hope uh is a sign of more things to come if if he's uh showing this off twice in one week. Um however that Giannis throw to Nuwara would not end <laughs> would not end as well for the Bucks as you may think as Nuara was very clearly, I want to make this well known, um in case anyone wants to refute me, Giannis was or, excuse me. Noara was clearly fouled by Max Struess, I think it was, who grabbed Noara's forearm as Noara went went for the transition dunk off of that Chris Rogers throw, but really what um People are focusing on more in this sequence was the uh, Tyler Harrow near logo three at the buzzer to close the first quarter. So I know that's largely what people are focusing on with this play, and not the uh, called block from Max Strus. But if I'm going to defend the Bucks at all for this game, this really the biggest highlight of the game was a little bit if we're gonna throw asterisks around uh, at least in this low stakes of an environment you gotta put somewhat of an asterisk on that harrow three at the buzzer because noir was clearly fouled but refs miss calls it happens i'll get over it eventually early in the second quarter lowry would actually uh, hobble off to a locker room faster than I'd ever than I'd ever seen uh, uh, a player uh, get from the court to locker room in my life. So naturally, with him being able to move so quickly, uh, he was able able to quickly get back to the game, which is um, which is nice to see. As uh, Bucks had pretty much lost it after the first quarter, so um, so we don't want to see Lowry get hurt and miss multiple games. Um, and a game here that all ultimately didn't mat- matter after the first 12 minutes. Um, yeah, Giannis would get whistled for his third foul uh, midway through the second quarter, but Bud was able to challenge uh, that successfully. And... Uh, Thanasis would uh, be called for a foul uh, on Lowry when Lowry returned and it was reviewed for a flagrant foul because uh, Lowry had grabbed a rebound and Thanasis had swiped at it and caught uh, Lowry in the face, but the refs thought it was pretty clear that Thanasis was going for the ball uh, as uh, Lowry was happened to be holding the ball right around his face, so... Uh, yeah, I think it was the right call, but I'm still thankful for it because really any contact to the face often does uh, get called for an automatic flagrant one. So good on the refs for uh, flexing a bit of their subjectivity there and uh, throwing the bucks a bone, uh, but still a little too late for the bucks as they had... Their deficit had climbed to 29, uh, 43 to 72 at half. Giannis with eight points and seven rebounds. Jimmy and Bam both had uh, 14 points. Of note is that uh, the Bucks did uh, bring it down to a 15-point game uh, midway through that second quarter there before another uh, heat run, but... Yeah, fifteen point deficit with over half of the game to go um, was not insurmountable at that point. But once it gets to twenty nine uh, at half, and the Heat probably had another run in them. Well, I know they had a, they had another run in them after that. Uh, clearly not the the Bucks night, despite Giannis splashing a three uh, early in the third quarter. However, Giannis would, would then shortly after miss a mid ranger and get called for an offensive foul on PJ Tucker. And then he would have a lazy contest on a Bam at a bio jumper that would go in. Um, on that note, that Bam at a bio jumper was really a, a big surprise for me after that abysmal showing from Bam in the first round when he was clearly scared. Uh, to take any jumpers, and really overmatched by Giannis and Brooke size-wise in the paint. Uh, Bam was closer to a net neutral than you would expect in that first round series, uh, having a lot to do with their loss there. Uh, but Bam was not was not gun-shy at all in this game. Uh, so that had a big big effect on the heat and had a lot to do with this huge victory for them. Uh, Chris Middleton what happened to be teed up uh, for bouncing a ball off of the stanchion is what I heard the broadcast was talking about how this was uh, how this might have been uh, part of the NBA referees points of emphasis going into the year along with you know cutting out some of those uh, you know the egregious Lean in fouls and fouls uh, from the shooter kicking out their feet unnaturally or jumping at defensive players, uh, foul baiting. Really good on the refs again for for going that way, but um, yeah, I guess in general I can't argue too much with with refs having more discretion to. Give guys technicals if they express frustration with their foul calls. But uh, I think Chris here bouncing the ball off the stanchion was actually more having to do with uh, Chris being upset with his play and not necessarily the refs. So uh, perhaps the refs themselves shouldn't be so uh, trigger-happy with the whistle on technical fouls and really make sure that it's actually... I don't know an instance where the players are trying to intimidate the refs or something that certainly is inexcusable and warrants warrants a technical foul but when in doubt I think the refs should probably try to swallow the swallow their whistle and yeah this third quarter was really just a messy one even from uh from both ends as the game was already totally over there were two gold goal tens uh one uh one on Bam against Chris, and then one on uh, Giannis against Duncan Robinson. About halfway through the third, the Bucks would uh, bring in their reserves right away, and then the threes would start to rain uh, from Mamou and Jordan Wara, and then on the other end, uh, Tyler Harrow would sink one of his threes as well. Uh, I believe he was the, the leading scorer of the game for the Heat. Later on, Dwayne Dedman would get teed up in the third quarter for for uh, two hand shoving uh, Thanasis Adacumpo, Uh coming down after scoring the ball, which was completely unnecessary. But we've seen Thanasis get into it with plenty of guys, so I'm, I don't want to pretend to know the whole story on that one. Eric Eric Spolstra was able to successfully challenge uh, a call in which it was pretty clear that Kalitsakis should have been assessed for a blocking foul on uh, Max Struis. It was originally called as a charge on Struis, but uh, the refs were able to uh, overturn that as a foul on Kalitsakis. I must say that... uh, even in garbage time here, Kalitzakis did not really look like an NBA player at all. Uh, not the most surprising, uh, considering the circumstances that brought him to the Bucks. Having the same agent as Giannis, uh, there's reason to think that uh, he might have made it on this team for reasons other than uh, being ready on the court. Uh, not to diminish... Uh, Kalatsakis' potential and how tantalizing of a prospect he may be with his size and ball-handling ability, Uh, but perhaps a little more potential than production at this point. Uh, Of course, we weren't really looking for a ton from our guys up to this point. In fact, I pretty much turned the game off Uh, going into the fourth quarter as we were down 69 to 105. Already going into the fourth quarter, Giannis ended up being our leading scorer uh, after uh, not even playing in the fourth quarter. He ended with 15 points, 10 rebounds, and 2 assists. After three quarters, Jimmy led the Heat with 21 points, 4 rebounds, and 6 assists, but I think Harrow uh, um, was able to get up to the to the high 20s after four quarters. Uh, in the end of the uh, in the end of the uh, heat we were really just able to go on uh, multiple runs that the bucks weren't able to keep up with there was uh, a 19-0 run in the first quarter going from tied at 3 to 22 to 3 and then the 14-0 run at the end of the second quarter after after the bucks had brought it to uh, a 15 point game uh, and then finally a 10-0 run in the third quarter. Uh, so obviously there are a lot of stats uh, when you look at the overview of this game. Uh, the Bucks shot 38.1% from the field uh, compared to uh, the Heat shooting 50, 53.1%. So 15% disparity. Uh and made shots does not bode well. The Bucks also got out-rebounded by 20, uh, 38 to 58, which is uh, super uncharacteristic for the Bucks. But, of course, not having Brooke Lopez will do that to you. We got outscored by 22 points in the paint. And we got outscored by... 20 in fast break points we only had two fast break points probably that uh first uh pat conden field goal in transition um albeit a difficult uh contested runner but i definitely did not think that would be those would be the first and only fast break points of the game and less of a surprise, the Bucks got uh, outscored by 32 uh, in terms of bench points, some um, uh, 42 to 75. I mean, the Heat themselves aren't a particularly deep team. That uh, I'd say that's sort of the source of a lot of Heat skepticism. Many people uh, think that Tyler Harrow has a potential... Uh, To have a bounce back year this year. Granted. (laughs) He just got really hot in the bubble. Uh, I don't think his entire rookie campaign. Was particularly amazing. Although there are low expectations for a rookie. And then he had astronomical expectations. Going into his second year. uh, Which he did not. Particularly. Live up to but. If I remember correctly, he had around fifteen points per game still, which is impressive for a second year guy. But a lot of a lot of the hope does lie in third year man and of course Milwaukee native Tyler Harrow having having a bounce back year. Cause my opinion and a lot of other people's opinion that I've heard, they don't have a lot of faith in the rest of the Heats bench. Dwayne Deadman is a, is a high-end backup center, to be sure. He's done quite well against the Bucks in the past. Uh, to the chagrin of the NASA Sounded of course. They're relying a lot on Max Struess. Or Gabe Vincent as backup guards. Next to Harrow. And... I'm sure I'm missing uh, several other names as well, but those are really the names that come to mind at this point. They have, they re-signed Victor Oladipo on a minimum contract, which could be a real steal if he's able to get uh, back to you know a modicum of some, of success that he had before. But I don't think people would want to uh, put any money on Victor Oladipo. At this point unfortunately. But they. Gave up Dragic And Achua. In the deal for Lowry. Which I mean at the end of the day. I still would have done. They lost Ariza and Nanta, Uh The Los Angeles Lakers. Nemanja Bielica, uh Is looking pretty good on the Warriors. Honestly it looks like. Uh, the Warriors' offense is pretty conducive to Nemanja Bielica's game. I know uh, a lot of NBA media is uh, is, is uh, salivating at the idea of Bielica on uh, the potent uh, and dynamic uh, Warriors' offense, but granted, it, it just didn't work the same uh, for him with the Heat. But at the end of the day, that's kind of what you're supposed to do if you're chasing a championship like the Heat rightfully uh, should. The Bucs obviously did something similar last year and giving up Bledsoe and Hill for Drew Holiday, Uh, losing out on Wesley Matthews, (laughs) uh, which feels like years ago now. But... Come to think of it, I don't know if I've considered Wesley Matthews at all this past uh, this past off season and whether or not he would end up on a team again. Uh, if he is on a team, I would guess he's with uh, the rest of the old timers on the Los Angeles Lakers. But if so, I would have I would have thought that I'd see his name by now, given all the attention that the LA market gets so yeah I could see I I do see similarities between the Bucks and Heat to be sure I think a lot of people would compare uh, Holiday and Lowry as similar levels excuse me uh, you know point guards on a similar level i would definitely take holiday but i'm biased i think lowry's or excuse me i think holiday's status has also been risen uh since coming to the bucks even before uh the championship of course there were plenty of uh nba players coming to Holiday's defense after not making the all-defensive team the year prior. Uh, and of course, the other similarity is just the Heat trying to lean into being more top-heavy uh, as they pursue another championship. But we still have more Bucks regular season basketball to get to. Now... Last night, as of recording, uh, on Saturday the twenty third, uh, the uh, the Bucks would take care of business and Drew Holiday's uh, return. Uh, this game would be much less dramatic than the previous two games, I suppose. People might argue that it was more dramatic because it was close, a closer game, but similar to the Nets contest, more so. I was never uh, too afraid about the Bucks' chances against the San Antonio Spurs, and yeah, the final score uh, definitely didn't have uh, Bucks fans freaking out one way or another. It ended up one twenty-one to one eleven. Uh, The Bucs starters were Drew Holiday, Grayson Allen, Pat Connaughton, Chris Middleton, and de Antetokounmpo starting again at center. uh, Facing up against the Spurs, DeJounte Murray, Derek White, Keldon Johnson, Doug McDermott, and Jakob Pirtle. Uh, Doug McDermott was a real surprise in this one. uh, With 25 points off the bench, 7 of 11 shooting from 3. Not a particular surprise, uh, McDermott, the 3-point specialist, but... uh, but seven threes is still uh, terrific, uh, regardless, any night. As in the first quarter, McDermott would hit two threes in a row, first over Giannis, then over uh, Pat Condit flying in there. But Giannis would uh, uh, finish around Jakob Pertl, just uh, just skirting by him a little bit there. And then he'd also stuffed the snot out of Keldon Johnson and... As Johnson would cock it back, something fierce, uh, trying to put uh, Giannis on a poster, but uh, Giannis would give him the finger wave uh, before Lonnie Walker would sink a three over Chris Middleton. Uh, Lonnie Walker is a really interesting guy, along with a lot of the Spurs' uh, prospects. You know, relatively speaking, I think uh, a lot of people would say that the Spurs are hard-pressed for real blue-chip prospects, but they have a lot of really interesting pieces, Lonnie Walker being one of them. Uh, Yeah, and I'm considering writing about Lonnie because he was extension-eligible, just like Dante DiVincenzo, but... uh, he did not receive an extension from the San Antonio Spurs as they're trying to work out who exactly they want to allocate all these funds to. As now they have a lot of lot of young guys that are due for uh, new contracts, and you know Lonnie Walker might be the odd man out there as he's one of their six men, but they have other intriguing young guys off of their bench too, and uh, Devin Vassell. I was listening to an athletic podcast this week and they suggested that Vassell could potentially become uh, one of, if not their top prospect in the future. I think that's a bit of a reach, but still people who know basketball better than me saying things like that bodes well for Vassell and the Spurs and maybe less so for Lonnie Walker and his future in San Antonio, but yeah, perhaps I'll be able to share that writing uh, with you listeners later. I think Lonnie Walker actually had a pretty big game against the Bucks last year, if memory serves me right. I believe the Spurs beat us in the second half of the year uh, last year, and Lonnie had at least uh, uh, 20 points in that one and a disappointing loss. So, yeah, that'll uh, that'll keep some ideas stirring in my head, but. Later on in the first quarter, Thanasty would put uh, Drew Eubanks on a poster and Chris Middleton would uh, cross up the prospect and uh, Devin Vassell uh, knock down a jumper and uh, drawing an, drawing an N1 opportunity in the processed process part of me. Uh, Noira would also get redemption uh, from that... Uh, Foul called block from Max Struess in the first, first quarter of that heat game that led to that uh, that uh, clutch deep Harrow 3 in that embarrassing uh, game a couple nights earlier as uh, Noara would uh, deny uh, Tyus Jones in transition. It was a really impressive block, actually, and clean as a whistle. Of course, against the small guard there in Jones. Giannis would also sink a mid-ranger and then an uh, elbow uh, fadeaway over uh, Jakob Pertl. Both uh, Both jumpers uh, made in a row there. As the Bucks and Spurs were still tied at 32 after the first quarter. Uh, Giannis with eight points three rebounds two assists to McDermott's 11 points and two rebounds (laughs) Uh, and then early in the second Pirtle would swat the snot out of uh, Sandro Kelishvili. then uh, Pirtle uh, on the next offensive possession would get a wide open dunk after uh, all the Spurs uh, touching the ball and uh, swinging it around the horn eventually to Purtle for that dunk. I believe I had alluded to that Purtle block earlier and me thinking about Mammo's chances as uh as a guy who can slot in at the 5 spot on defense uh and in, and even on offense in this case just uh Yeah, he will he just might have to add on a bit more strength uh, in order to hold up there uh, in the paint against uh, NBA centers. However, Giannis would, uh, would get Pirtle back from Mammu as he would jam it on Pirtle's head, and then uh, Hill would sink a corner corner three from Jordan Awara. That wouldn't be the first time Giannis would get revenge for for Mamu, uh by... Uh, slamming it on Jakob Pertle's head, and the Bucks let it narrowly uh, at that, 56 to 52 at half. Giannis with 12 points, five rebounds, three assists, and our guy Lonnie Walker with 13 points off the bench. Giannis would deny Dejounte Murray uh, on a drive in embarrassing fashion, and then Drew would spin spin around a defender, then then contort. Uh, for a finish uh, over Jakob Purtle, uh, really, really showing uh, his savviness and experience there. Uh, the game being uh, much slower for Drew as opposed to the young Spurs. McDermott would hit a, th- a three over Chris before uh, Bryn with, S- with Forbes, uh, former Milwaukee Buck and NBA champion, would hit a corner three over. Uh, over uh, Jordan Nawara. but uh, Hill, Hill would then respond with a three of his own from Giannis Antetokounmpo, and the Bucks still led by four going into the fourth, uh, eighty-five to eighty-one. Uh, Chris would uh, have seventeen points and two assists to Lonnie Walker's seventeen points and two rebounds. Doug McDermott would sink another three. Uh, off of a Jakob Purtle offensive rebound. Uh, but then Giannis would have uh, a three of his own uh, wide open from a Drew Holiday drive. Then Drew would uh, have a three himself on a step back three over Doug McDermott. And Chris would strike again, really heating heating up to close this one out. With another and one uh, jumper. This time a three over Derek White. And Chris would uh, drain another contested three. This time over the bigger Keldon Johnson. But Chris wouldn't get sent to the line this time. And uh, Derek White would respond with a three over Grayson Allen. So threes really raining down uh, on both sides in the fourth quarter. Luckily the Bucks were holding up on their end this time. And Giannis would have another spin and slam over Jakob Pertle uh, before McDermott would splash a three over Pat Conadon. But Pat Conadon would drain two threes in a row, both off of assists from Giannis Sanadokounmpo. As, uh, yeah, the Bucks would lock it down 121 to 111. Uh, for the final score, Chris Middleton, 28 points, 2 rebounds, 3 assists, and 2 steals, 9 of 17 from the field, uh, 2 of 7 from 3, and 8 of 9 from free throw line. Meanwhile, McDermott with 25 points, 4 rebounds, 2 assists, 9 of 13 from the field, and 7 of 11 from 3. A uh, couple fascinating stats here. Uh, the Bucks would actually lose the turnover battle significantly. Uh, Milwaukee with uh, twenty turnovers to the Spurs' twelve. Uh, however, the Bucks seemingly got to the line a lot more. They made eighteen free throws as opposed to uh, the Spurs' five. If I were a betting man, I'd say uh, Giannis probably had more attempts uh, than the Spurs. Uh, harder to say if he made more than them, but uh, I digress. We got the dub. Uh, Spurs would also have uh, 26. Is that math right? 16, excuse me. Whatever, it's a Sunday. 16 more paints in the point than the Bucks. Uh 54 to 38. Uh which is pretty surprising, uh, given the final score, but uh, the Spurs also don't quite have the shooters that the Bucks do. Uh, of course, excluding Doug McDermott, but maybe a little too much uh, Demar Derozan rubbed off on rubbed off on the Spurs as uh, several, several, excuse me, uh, several. Spurs with higher usage, like Dejounte Murray and Kelvin Johnson, were really trying to get it done in the mid range uh, a lot more than uh, many al- many analysts would advise. And uh, however, the Spurs will get uh, another chance uh, to redeem themselves against the Bucks uh, next Saturday on October thirtieth. You may have uh, some Halloween party plans like uh, I do myself, but uh, the Bucks will face them again seven days later. Of course, still not a matchup that uh, we're afraid of, but I have to say, kind of a slow week ahead for the Bucs. Uh, if memory serves me right, we play the Pacers Monday, the Wolves Wednesday, and then Saturday... We play the Spurs, so all games we ought to win, but not the most fascinating uh, of opponents, to say the least. Of course, we can't play down to any competition, though, I'd say. We're well beyond those days, like uh, more of our Giannis and uh, Jabari uh, era bucks, where we were a lot more uh, volatile. As opposed to the uh, pre-game projections, uh, given the veteran presence on today's team, I have a lot more faith that we will, uh, yeah, that we we can take care of business in these games. But that requires not taking anyone lightly. Lastly, before I go, I just want to quickly buzz through uh, some of the news with the rest of the NBA. Of course, with regular season starting for uh, everybody here, there's plenty of timelines uh, already. Uh, a lot of overreaction, but so be it. Gives us more to talk about. The Los Angeles Lakers, uh, widely considered the favorites to come out of the West, start off O of two, uh, losing to the Warriors and then the Suns. In particularly particularly embarrassing fashion I uh, caught the end of this one and uh, they granted they they brought a 30 point deficit to 10 by the end of the game they were losing by a substantial margin in the fourth quarter that 30 point deficit and uh, the biggest storyline though will be uh, Anthony Davis and Dwight Howard getting into it on the bench, potentially arguing about who the 77th best player in NBA history was, uh, the NBA's top 75, or rather 76, due to um, a tie in the voting, uh, the 75th anniversary team being announced, and Dwight Howard controversially being left off of that. Uh No, all joking aside, apparently, uh, Dwight Howard was ignoring Anthony Davis when Davis was trying to give his teammates some instruction, and Davis took some exception to that as uh, Davis got into Dwight's face, and Dwight tried to get up out of his chair, and Davis uh, shoved him back down uh, in disrespectful fashion, but... I guess either way, both guys were... Being a little immature in the moment, and supposedly have uh, let bygones be bygones, and it's no big deal. The two are close and have a have a positive relationship, and you know, I'm I'm inclined to believe that they both won a championship together uh, two years ago. Uh, Really successful players in this league for a long time, so maybe they have a they have a. They have a, excuse me, a relationship uh, preceding their time on the Lakers as well. But yeah, bouncing back to my digression before, uh, really disappointed that Dwight Howard didn't make the top 75 list uh, over guys uh, honestly like uh, Anthony Davis and uh, Damian Lillard, even Carmelo Anthony. course a lot of the old timers but you can understand them keeping uh the original top 50 list uh dwight howard finished uh like top 10 in mvp for at least five years in a row i think he won three defensive players of the year awards brought a team into the finals and made eight all nba teams six all-stars and uh Yeah, those guys definitely don't have all of those parts to their resume. But I understand that the voting uh, can be quite tough and that there are probably 100 uh, top 75 caliber guys in NBA history, uh, perhaps even excluding some of the guys on the original list that uh, many of us uh, really had hardly heard of to date outside of this, uh, top 75 list. Uh, last news from, uh, from around the league, uh, a game that I was, that I also caught the end of on, uh, Friday evening was the 76ers going scoreless for five minutes late in the fourth quarter. Uh, and the Nets, uh, going on a 15-1 run against the Sixers, taking their first lead late in the fourth quarter and then uh, coming home with the victory. Danny Green airballed two threes in a row. Um, So not a good look for the Sixers at all. Really giving one away there. Uh, It's hard to say that uh, Simmons for sure would have been a difference maker there since... He's not considered to be the most clutch uh, player in the league after their Eastern Conference uh, semifinal disappointment. Uh, But, yeah, that team could really go for some good press for once, including uh, that win had they pulled it off over the Brooklyn Nets. But, again, just like our Thursday game against... uh, the heat. It's still October, and we will hardly be thinking about this when uh, games eventually matter even more. And yeah, supposedly uh, Ben Simmons also had a meeting where he spoke candidly uh, to the team about uh, how well for one, Doc Rivers kicked him out of a practice because he, he refused to get into uh, a defensive drill when called upon twice. Uh, the Sixers fined him $1.4 million, I think, for missing preseason games and then being suspended for a game due to his uh, conduct detrimental to the team in practice. And, yeah, all of that drama if we hadn't gotten enough to date, uh, led to Simmons saying that uh, he's really not mentally ready to return to the team at this time. Uh, It's hard to blame him, (laughs) considering that Doc Rivers and Embiid threw him under the bus more than I had really seen uh, any team do to one of their own players, uh, especially while currently on roster. Um, So... We will stay uh, at attention as far as uh, Ben Simmons news. But luckily we have some other basketball uh, action to focus on rather than that saga. And I look forward to sharing more of that with you guys uh, next week. But until then, I'll see you in another life, brother. Thank you for tuning in to Knuck a You Buck, the Milwaukee Bucks podcast. We hope you join us again soon. See you in another life, brother.